Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the twice-weekly podcast that will open your eyes to the kinds of insights you can use to better run your business. Come have your morning Joe with hosts Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins, who have the right recipes and ingredients to easily help you cook up a storm for even your toughest competitor. No lectures, no wasting your time telling you how smart they are, and no bullshit. The Small Business Wake-Up Call is going to make you think, laugh, and help you recognize how much money you've been leaving on the table with advice that'll help you improve your quality of life. Lonnie and Stan are small business veterans who will share their individual war stories and experiences, not only from their own businesses, but also from guiding hundreds of other small business owners in over 100 industries. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan and save yourself some headaches. Grab that second cup of joe, or maybe something a bit stronger, and let's see what's on the menu for today. Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. Here are your hosts, with cups in hand, Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins. Good morning, I'm Stan Simpkins, and from my partner, Lonnie Shambi, we welcome you to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, especially as we proceed to the new year. Hey, Happy New Year. And hey, Lonnie, we're getting closer to Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm way ahead of schedule. That's just my nature. But love has no calendar constraints, do they, Lonnie? Get those flowers ready. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get you in a good mood. That's all. Because today's topic was named and suggested by our good friend Debbie Downer, one of our loyal listeners. You, know you are one got, sick puppy. Yes. Everybody's okay. got a Debbie Downer in their world. <laughs> hey, and it's about something that stresses even grown men and women almost as much as public speaking does or being a guest on our podcast episodes, perhaps. It's about the dreaded duty that every small business owner, especially even their managers, they all share that thing, namely saying, sayonara, adios, as you saying, ciao, or simply, hey, don't let the door hit you in the ass. However you say it, and no matter what the conditions, it's been my experience that most tough-minded owners, they dread this. They hate dealing with this. And when it's way overdue and even 100% justified. When was the last time you had to terminate an employee? How did you feel during that process? How did you feel before executing that process? How did you feel after it? No doubt when it was over, you were exhausted and you tried everything to save that person. Did that even feel more exhausting than when you had to terminate somebody for good cause? What a euphemistic phrase that is, like danger to another employee or just terrible performance. In my experience, and while the reason may have some role in setting the emotional impact, the simple fact is terminating an employee usually creates significant negative emotion for the terminator. I'll be back. With that thought in mind, Stan, I'd like to walk through some of the dynamics and elements of the processes leading up to, as well as during and after, termination. By doing this, we hope to construct a means for taking the anxiety out of the process. But not only for you. Why? Because how termination impacts fellow workers, even when they end up cheering the removal of another from the workplace and support the move, or even instigated the action. And why should you bother listening to this? Even when you believe you've gotten used to the task, is that even possible? Sure, you may be saying, hey, if I did everything I can and handled it ethically, I could sleep at night. Good for you. But that's not usually the case for most owners. 
unless the hundreds that we've worked with is a fair sample of the rest. We're not talking about how they look on the outside, but rather how they feel on the inside and how workers feel on the inside. And as well, it doesn't even consider the impact that such termination may have on the operation in the form of certain talents, functional activities, confidential issues, unemployment claims, or worse yet, legal claims such as sexual harassment, and the list goes on. Stan and I wish we only had to discuss more positive topics, but we felt compelled to address this one because it's so pervasive. And with the legal mindset of a lot of people and the difficulty of maintaining adequate staffing today's market, termination becomes an even more sensitive issue. It wouldn't be the first time in order to defer to termination on a rationale that I'd rather work with 50% performance than no performance. Or how can I be sure I'll find a suitable replacement? From a practical standpoint, this is almost rational. And we all know it's pay me now or pay me later proposition. So let's just suck it up and move forward with the topic of termination and how it makes things less stressful. I don't think you need a lecture on what you might have or should have been doing to avoid to get to this stage of termination, but it's worth five minutes to visit the key issues. Stan, how about running with the ball from here? Oh boy, and are we running? It's amazing, Lonnie. What do we see all the time, time and time again? Why do they have high turnover? And we look at their recruiting process, we look at their evaluation assessment process, and we look at their selection process. And too often- The important thing is also that most people are bad interviewers. Oh my gosh. Everyone out there, think of some of the bad interviews you had, (laughs) then you'll really appreciate this. Owners don't get much formal training in interviewing. They kind of replicate what they see elsewhere, which is the bad passing the bad. Too often out of desperation to fill a slot, owners settle, keyword, they settle on candidates, crossing their fingers or rationalizing about reservations. They may have think about the time you said, well, and you talked yourself into it when you knew in your heart, this was a bad choice. Desperation is a bad thing. And that's oftentimes the case. We wait too long to get the recruiting process started and drag out the selection process. So that can lead to higher incidence of terminations, obviously. It's like producing a product you know but without the best raw materials or labor for that matter or equipment. Just keep in mind, and Lonnie, I'm going to hopefully maybe produce a podcast just on that topic of interviewing a selection. Now we can move on to the next factor that impacts termination, namely addressing the signs, the troubles brewing. Oh, don't we see those? especially in the early part of the game, rather than waiting until it's beyond repair. Simple things like attendance, error rates, substandard work, absenteeism, attitudes even, interaction with other employees, customers, and vendors. I mean, you can see those things. You can hear those. There are always red flags out there, always. And yet, we tend to push them under the rug. Regardless of whatever justifications you might offer, it's just not going to work. It really works itself out. Or even becomes easier as time gets extended, dragging out. Time is not your friend when it comes to these things. And yet the typical small business owner has so many demands. We understand that for your time, your energy, and hey, your attention span. Oh, oh, did I miss? They hate dealing with underperformers to begin with. And they subconsciously avoid dealing with such disciplinary matters. And that avoidance mindset, the avoidance mindset, remember that. It's even greater when the offending employee is a family member. And that leads us to the last step just prior to termination. And know well that the termination may not just be yours to do, it may be one of your managers. So while an effective performance evaluation process is always useful, 
Giving feedback is more frequently to employees, coupled with a genuine support system to help people recognize the need and accept help, can often avoid the need for termination. I remember I had a client who had an employee that was never a problem, but started to noticeably fall backwards in his performance. By working with that employee at an early onset, we were actually able to provide some support to get them through a tough family situation that was the root cause of the behavioral decline. Had we not done that, he probably would not have reached out to us and would likely have declined to the point where termination might have been our only alternative. I guess it's about time we stop dallying around and get to the main course of today's topic. How do you reduce the stress of a termination? That's what they want to hear about. That's what we promised them. So let's do it. So in our first podcast, we talked about mindset. If you haven't listened to number one, go back to number one and listen to that because that'll really bring you up to snuff. In this case, it's a need for most people to view themselves as compassionate, ethical, and caring and not wanting to fail. Sounds rational enough. Yet it's not uncommon for owners to feel like they failed when they get to the point of terminating someone, especially if it's someone they chose and whom they thought was a keeper. Who wants to brag about their stock losses? That's right. What we're going to talk about here are the process you can use to eliminate any sense of personal responsibility for the employee's self-imposed exit. I remember I had a client who kind of forced the issue and I had to force him through the issue with it because it was a key position that he had to fill and he had to fire the person within the next couple months based upon our timing of what the needs were. And I just sat him down and gave him the old treatment and we got him through it and it's not easy. So we're not suggesting that even though it sounds so simple and logical and you just, it's not easy. We know that. And Lonnie, I'm thinking we're going to talk about that. And that begins with making sure you address their behavioral and performance issues early in the game, just as Stan alluded to a moment ago. This helps avoid the shock an employee could genuinely exhibit when later confronted with their issues long after the horse is out of the barn. All that can do is create bitterness and hostility, and that increases turnover, often unnecessarily. They should never be shocked that their performance is not up to standards. Early on, they should be reviewed frequently, even weekly for the first month or two. Small business owners don't have enough time to waste on recruitment, interviewing, and hiring. It has to be very tight. So then what's got to happen is we've got to be watching as soon as we hire them to make sure we did it right. And because of the cost of doing it, twice is more than two times the real cost. The next thing is to approach the employee in a supportive manner rather than as judge and jury. We're not saying to be an enabler because some people are just poor candidates who somehow slip by your hiring process. We all know how that can happen. In fact, who among us has ever said, didn't make a hiring mistake Mistakes are not a good habit, are okay as long as you fix them on a timely basis. And this is where we get to our next issue after this short message. As a small business owner, you face many challenges. You're not alone. What can be even more stressful is not having someone to talk to who doesn't have their own agenda. What if you could talk in depth and confidentially to other small business owners like you on a periodic basis? folks facing the same challenges or who have solved the same problems. The Small Business Virtual Roundtables is the answer for you. 
Small business virtual roundtables are held monthly for 90 minutes. Membership in each roundtable is limited to 15 people, providing ample time for each member to have their issue addressed by their fellow members. These peer advisory groups are formed to avoid competitive concerns while taking into consideration company size and characteristics that closely match your own business. Need more attention? There is a complimentary 30-minute one-on-one session with the facilitators during the month to seek additional feedback. Monthly membership fees to the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are less than the cost of an hour with your attorney, and this is all done without ever leaving your office or home. Just the time savings of avoiding needless driving is worth the cost. New groups of the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are now being formed on a first-come, first-served basis. Ready to sign up? Head to sbvirtualroundtables.com to receive a complimentary invitation to attend up to three meetings. Again, that's sbvirtualroundtables.com. With Small Business Virtual Roundtables, there's no need to go it alone. And now, back to Lonnie and Stan. Well, Lonnie, you're kind, I must admit, for passing the ball to me on this one because it's one of my all-time hits, namely owners who drag their feet on dealing with employees <laughs> who clearly pass their expiration date, kind of like the people we spoke about in our previous podcast about the walking dead, those engaged folks who we call employees and we even pay them to be the walking dead. I can say without hesitancy that I have never heard an owner say, I fired that person too soon. <laughs> <laughs> what I always hear is, I don't know why I waited this long. Right. Keeping undesirable employees is like a virus that can spread. And it's a poor topic, I know. You know given today's world situation, the difficulty even finding suitable candidates, let alone evaluating. Keeping such folks around demoralizes others, such as people who have other problems and they spread it and they create drama. So that's a dangerous pattern or culture that can spread. And obviously, it wastes so many resources, not to mention it can cost you customers in many cases or employees who leave because of it. So the message is, don't vacillate. Move on. Guilt is a tough thing to deal with at any level. And this is a big factor in the stress we may feel with terminations. Think about the impact you have on a person's family, financially, especially when they're good people. On a personal level, you also you're worried about that. You're worried about where you failed them, and maybe you did in some ways. Nobody's perfect, but you're not their parent, especially when some of them much older than you have much more experience. But my point is to always encourage you to take a deliberately constructive tone and approach to trying to salvage the situation. That can take many forms, which we'll address in future episodes. Just know that after you've done all you can do, You have the responsibility for the welfare of the company, the other employees, your customers, your suppliers, and even yourself to do your job as leader. Sometimes that takes the form of ending a bad decision, one where you made the one that hired them. Oh, Lonnie, that's a flashback for me. It really hits home. I I remember around the fifth year of operating a CPA firm, I started as a young accountant after having left a big CPA firm partnership, when I had to terminate a person who not only did I make a junior partner, but some that I and my family had become friends with. His family, my wife knew his wife, our kids knew their kids. It was like a family thing. We were friends, but someone who I knew, and I tried everything I could do to help him work through his problems. But when I realized he had no real capacity to live up to his role as a partner, you know, not as an employee, as a partner, I made a poor choice, period. It's not likely that he would accept being put back, frankly, as a staff member. I think it would have been emotionally and structurally just a problem. So when I literally said to him, 
hey, Tom, and it really wasn't his first name. I don't know what I'm doing, if it's right, but I know it's ethical. In the eyes of God, I'm being as fair as it could possibly be, and I think I want to end this partnership. And interestingly, his reply, but not even hesitation, says, I kind of expected that. He even seemed a bit relieved, Lonnie. I believe it was because he knew he was way over his head. And again, I take the blame for that. I put the wrong guy in the wrong slot. The end of the story is he went on to be his own practitioner. He was a sole practitioner, practiced by himself all his life and still does, even in retirement. And that's not unusual for many CPAs. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing for them. There are many sole practitioners, and that's probably the best thing for them. And was it stressful for me? Yeah, perhaps. But I can honestly say it was genuinely at peace with myself before and the day after. And in fact, you know, a bit difficult. Our families still stay in touch. My daughter is friends with their daughters, two daughters, and they have kids on top of that, grandkids. So there's grandkids. That leads me to the next issue. It's common for owners to terminate on notice or to offer some form of termination pay, anything to relieve it. And assuming termination isn't because of some cause thing, like you mentioned, Lonnie, being a danger to other employees or theft or something really morally bad, it may be appropriate to work out some phase out because not all terminations are performance related. Sometimes it's not because the companies ain't got the money in a financial and they're downsized. They're going to cut their budget. So why blame the employee? Again, this helps address the issue of compassion and ethics, which is really what we're talking about here. Stan, if I got one for you, it really kind of runs down these parallel roads that you've talked about. In running one of my first companies, I used to go to a particular restaurant for lunch to meet with one of my advisors. And I passed my executive assistant's house on the way. One day I noticed that my number two guy who ran all of operations, his truck was in her driveway. Didn't think anything of it. But then he, over the next few weeks, every time we passed there at lunchtime, his truck was seemingly in her driveway. Both of them were married to other people. I confronted each one of them separately. Both of them admitted to the dalliance, and I had to let them both go. I lost two key people including one of my best friends and one of the best assistants I'd ever had. And they were just being stupid. So if you're going to have an affair, at least be subtle or less blatant about it. And I have to tell you that it's difficult for me to even think about this. But this topic is difficult for me to talk about because it's negative. I don't like negative stuff. Not much opportunity to add humor. Number two is it's something that owners hate to deal with. Number three, it brings back memories in my role as a turnaround specialist and the anguish I felt at having to be the person we're describing. And Lonnie, since I'm the bean counter, let me tell you, a couple is two and a few is three. So you actually gave a few. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, bean counter. I'd be lying to suggest that it was business as usual whenever I came in. I was rarely the person who did the hiring. So usually they were always there when I came in. And there were people after a bit I knew I had to get rid of, including there's a story I always tell, and that is I interview all the people when I come into a turnaround, and I hear what they each say, and I'll ask questions, similar questions of the same, of different people. And one of them always has to do with, oh, whatever you do, don't get rid of Fred, because Fred's the only guy who knows, fill in the blank. I mean, in in this case, he knew software that nobody else knew, et cetera. Who do you think the first person I fired was? It's Fred. Because what he was doing was he was hurting the company. And by holding on to a particular part of the job. Well, his job title was holder of the holy grail. Holder of the holy grail is what he was. That said, I can say that I was able to be the bad guy. 
if you want to use that term, because my approach has always been to think and act like a coach. But sometimes certain players are not good for the team. Think about it, listeners. You all know that. Yet sometimes we impose too great an expectation on ourselves. I'll bet you can remember situations in your business experience like that, just as Stan has shared about his former partner. Let's face it. Once you or your manager have made the determination to pull the trigger, and this is where the action is, be sure to gather your documentation. This alone could be a podcast. Hey, Lonnie. Oh, yeah. requires legal issues. I mean, it's so many things, age-related factors, sexual harassment. So your friend is documentation well done. Now, if it's performance-related, Make sure you, your managers have documented the conversations you've had and the steps you've taken to help performance. That's really going to be important. And of course, this does not get presented to the employee at the time of termination, but it's kept on file for any potential unlawful termination claims or unemployment claim concerns. And that's quite common today. And second, stick to the facts. Keep it short and to the point. State that you're terminating their employment. Make that perfectly clear. Don't act like you're thinking about it. Bing, bing, bing. And I can't tell you to never tell them the reasons why, because that has legal implications and can vary by state. But the key point is a sharply honed blade done quickly is usually a lot better than a knockdown, dragged out process. Again, this particular issue alone is another example of something we could probably have a separate podcast and we'll do it if you let us know and pop us a note at info at sbvirtualroundtables.com if something pops in your mind. And this part is where a lot of stress comes from because it's a hundred times the butterflies that some athletes or entertainers get before performing or that many public speakers experience. Heck, I always had that butterfly when I do public speaking or performed as a singer. But once my mouth opened, it goes away and I'm in the zone. And that's the message really. Learn to live with whatever butterflies you're having that you once had. And it'll get you through the process and you'll be sure you'll do the fair thing, which in most times, it's the right thing, really. What you just say there, Stan, is it sounded like you were referring to the Nike commercial. Just do it. In fact, I'd suggest that you say it to yourself over and over and then do it. Just watch how quickly you'll get in the zone, and that will get you to the goal with less pain than before. I also want to add this. You do no service when you drag it out. Make it a guilt session with finger pointing, because in many cases, the employee is actually relieved. This stand related in a, the war store. And he just wants to get out of the room and move on to his next rest stop. Yeah. Huh. And moving on to the third step here, be sure you or your manager follow any procedures that you have in terms of retrieving keys or other company property, like thumb drives with the confidential data, for example. It's best <laughs> that you or your security personnel walk them through to collect their belongings and escort them out the building as Cold as that can really be, and has to be done kind of subtly. And this prevents potential conflict with other employees and ensures that they're, like I said, not taking any company property with them. And that can happen. And I'm not talking about stealing chairs, okay? We're talking about data. Now, I'll admit that statement's textbook, and you probably were thinking, well, how can that be right for every situation? And you're right, of course. The answer is not for all situations. The point really is that you must have been prepared for this moment in advance, and so many don't. It's like, Oh, we got to do this today. And they'll go and do it. And they haven't thought about all the things they need to do. And worse yet, we hear these stories on the radio, TV. Think about the worst case conditions and prepare for them. I got to think of a situation, Lonnie, where we might have had an army platoon standing by, right? <laughs> <laughs> With a guy a lot bigger than we were. 
<laughs> oh, and for my. others, all you might need is just a fair severance package, a link to a non-compete or whatever. Well, Stan, I'm happy to conclude it on a more positive note. It's one all of us should have learned in kindergarten class. Be human. Be kind. And timing will have a lot to do with this. Your biggest role is to do what's best for the company and the other employees. But remember to take this action with a kind heart. Try not to embarrass the employee. So whatever you do, do it when the least amount of staff are present, either before or after work hours. Come from a place of sincerity when you wish them the best of luck for their next role. Handle a termination the way you'd want to be treated, even though you're letting them go They were part of your work family. Pragmatically treating people with respect also may decrease their anger and desire for revenge that leads to a wrongful termination lawsuit. And if I might add that, Lonnie, I remember an HR consultant once telling me, even picking the day of the week, not just the time before end of the day, but the day of the week, I had people say, Monday might be the better day than a Friday. So something to think about. Won't get too deep in that, but I just, I'll throw that out. But again, all with trying to be compassionate. Now, doesn't all that we just said sound wonderful? Well, a lot of it we borrowed from other HR consultants. Of course, it makes total sense. But don't let yourself get twisted in the worryment because you'll only make yourself nuts. And that's what we're trying not to do. No, we won't make you less nuts over it, if you will. No. All you can do is what I did, although I don't mean to follow my exact verbiage when I let go of my CPA partner. My exact words, like I said, were, I don't know if I'm right, but I know in the eyes of God, I'm being fair. And that's all you can be. And it leads us to the final point of relieving your stress, which is what this topic is about, while dealing with that part that must always be dealt with. And Lonnie referred to it before his medical doctor analogy. Remember that you're human. You have a responsibility to the shareholders, especially to yourself and for your family. And you have a responsibility also to other team members. Keep that in mind. And it's not uncommon that I see the reaction of employees of all but applauding when that person's let go. They're happy, they're relieved. Now, in all honesty, they still have that post-mortem down syndrome even when they didn't like the person, but they get over it. But they're actually glad that person's no longer with the company. Now, while Stan catches his breath, I'll recap. Simply hire better. Screen, learn interviewing techniques, and get multiple points of view in the interviewing process, including reference checking, Not enough people do reference checking. And when they can't provide references or the references are kind of vague, then it's a red flag for you. But if you have to terminate for whatever reason, remember three key points. Gather your documentation. Stick to the facts. Be human. Be kind. Well, the good news is our audience is growing. We see it from the feedback we get it. We see it from the measurements on our social media monitors and we want to thank you for spending your time with us and for being so responsive to us and hey if you're a new listener please subscribe to these at www.sbvirtualroundtables.com you're already there but now why don't you hit the subscribe button you'll get them automatically and if you have any questions you want to suggest a topic or maybe share your own war stories send us a little note over at info at sbvirtualroundtables.com as well hey feel free to request a guest invitation at one of our virtual roundtables, and you can learn what other seasoned veterans can share. And we've got a lot of smart people here, and that's the point of these roundtables is to have people who've walked in your shoes share these experiences to give you things you can relate to with the issues and challenges you face. Come on and take a test drive and see where it can take you and your business, and we'll allow you three complimentary visits as our guests so you can be confident 
It's a mutual fit for you and for us. We can promise if you'll just like one of the family, sooner than you might expect, you have a great day. See you guys. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the podcast providing eye-opening insights and perhaps a caffeine high to better run your business. Delivered in Stan Simpkins and Lonnie Shambi's own unique style. Head on over to svvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan, subscribe to the show, find more resources, and check out their monthly 90-minute virtual roundtables. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. 